Are you with us? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. He's, He's with us. us. Okay, good, because we've been dying to give you this gift. Are you close ready? Your eyes. Close, close your eyes. Close your eyes. No close peeking. Eyes. No peeking. Just close them. Close it. Trust us. Okay. okay. Ready? Keep them close. One, two, three. Yay! Yay! Property of Lake Cole. It Yay! looks good. Do you love it? Do you love it? Yeah. It, it's wonderful. It is, I know. I, I really don't know what to say. Uh, say thank you. Uh, duh. <laughs> the future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. This is your new boy, Nando O'Neill. Oh, oh, oh. Or I should say, bark, bark, bark. Ooh, I like I like that. I like that. <laughs> and always, you man with the plan, never stand. Larry the Axe. Man. I thought you were gonna say the the Brian Kendrick, the man with the plan. <laughs> Dude, I I keep forgetting he's still employed. <laughs> hey man, he's uh he's gonna like float under. Wow, he's gonna become a trainer. Oh yeah, for sure. He's gonna he look like a trainer. He's he look like a trainer right now. Yeah yeah. Somebody drunk uncle <laughs> trainer. What was kind of cool is that they kind of got his push out of the way with the uh, cruiserweight classic. That way. Because I, I know he had a couple of matches when 205 Live started, but he hasn't really been the center of attention, you know, compared to all the other younger athletes on, on the roster, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, the roster on 205 is relatively young anyway, but it's nice to see that, like, the the older guys in there aren't um, just, like, taking up spots. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, like, I think, what, he he had a nice comeback story in the CWC, and then, what, uh, he won the title for a little bit, right? Yeah, he, he won the title for a bit. Yeah, yeah. like, he got it from TJP or something like that, and mm-hmm. had a, like, stupid storyline. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, man, you, I used to pick you up from school, man. Oh, right. <laughs> you used to stay at my house. You suck. Like, it was, what was it really about? And then TJP was like, oh, man, but you're my friend, and you helped train me, man, but I want to be the champ. And he's like, nah, but you suck. And they had a couple of matches. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> you pretty much summed it up right there. That's all it was. <laughs> that, that's the 205 podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I I thought that was pretty cool of them. And uh, from, from time to time, I do watch 205 when I have the spare time. And yeah, recently they've been having some really good matches. So yeah. I should start watching 205 in just an hour. It is, yeah. It's just like an hour, what, two matches maybe, two, three matches? Mm-hmm. I should start watching that. Yeah. I, I think I'll tune in whenever I can when I just have... If I'm just editing, and maybe I'll just put it in the background or something. Yeah, maybe I could throw on 205 episodes in the background while I'm at work because that's kind of how I watch these episodes, but I mostly watch the episodes that work. So... <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> maybe... Nah, I won't edit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back. And uh, in case if this is your first time checking us out, we do have season one in our backlog. If you want to go check out the first season, we are available on Podbean, Spotify and YouTube. And yeah, we just got started with season two. So you're not too far off. This is uh, episode 18. And yeah, we're just going to get right into it. This was. So uh, oh, would, go, go ahead. Would this be what? Uh episode three of season two yes this is we are currently on episode three yeah the first season went up to 15 episodes and now we are on number three episode 18 there we go <laughs> yeah, all right yeah you know because they have them i did it well they just number them one to now yeah yeah that's why i was kind of surprised on how they did it and i think i had mentioned it on a previous podcast where i had no clue that they also counted the takeovers as episodes. Mm-hmm. So that's why some of the episodes are off because, for example, the the last 
takeover counted or i mean all of them do but then it does kind of throw the number scheme off a mm-hmm. bit which is kind of weird because it's not as like you know it's a takeover you would figure that those would get tracked as their own thing yeah like almost with the pay-per-views like yeah, i yeah. would think yeah and then um yeah you would have thought that they would have did the seasons not from just zero to whenever but with these well you know i guess technically since they don't separate this NXT from a uh, current NXT, mm-hmm. that if you put the seasons at some point, it's not going to make any sense anymore because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no season right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Hulu handles it a different way too, where they also do it off seasons, but I have no clue how they do it either because they start in the full sale era before we got to the network era. And, uh, yeah, Hulu kind of tracks them a different way, too. So we'll kind of figure out once we get there. But I do want to keep the numbering order the same as the network mm-hmm. since since all the episodes are available there. I didn't even know you could watch NXT on Hulu. Yeah, I think it's only up to a certain season. Mm. And I think once they upload newer seasons, then they kind of get rid of some of the older ones. Oh, OK. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, all right. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so which is a perfect transition because, yeah, we. Of course, watch this on the WWE Network. So if you want to follow along with us, the network is the only game in town to uh, check out these older episodes. And that's that's not an advertisement either. Like, this is literally <laughs> the only place that we can watch this stuff. Like, this is one of those things where we're punching in with an advertisement and then jumping in, jumping back into what we're saying. Like, this is literally us yeah. just telling you <laughs> that if you want to watch this, you have to go to the network. So, I mean, until we have to start doing ads... Don't think that this is one. Yeah. <laughs> if and if it is, WWE pay us. <laughs> hey, straight up, man. I can't wait till we have to do ads. It's like, you know, man, we're just talking and I can't wait to tell you about buying belts at Target. <laughs> and then like, yeah, as I was saying. You know, <laughs> All right. So yeah, so this is episode 18 on June 22nd, 2010, at the Verizon Wireless Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire. So we start off with the NXT intro, no recap this week. And yeah, we start with a in-ring promo from Ashley Valence. I guess. Who she's not the same chick from last week though, right? No, like, no. As soon as I saw her, I had no clue who she was. <laughs> no, yeah, I was like, oh man, we finally know this chick's you're not the same girl. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You're not Jamie Keys. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> You didn't get repackaged. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, kind of get a surprise to start off the show where uh, I instantly thought that they had just released Matt Stryker, to be honest, because <laughs> I as soon as I saw her, I just thought, well, I don't remember her at all. And you know how we remembered season two kind of vividly more mm-hmm. than season one. But this one really threw me off guard where I had no clue who she was. I immediately kind of fast forward the episode a little bit to see if they actually did release Stryker or not. But no, he's still there. So they never give her an official. I guess Cole does say that she's the host, but technically she's kind of the co-host with Stryker still at this point. So it was kind of awkward and kind of weird. But yeah, I guess now we have a uh, Ashley Valance, man. Yeah, yeah. We got a co-host. And <laughs> I guess just to start off this episode, we will do a google me segment <laughs> come on man google me in the ring the newest member of our broadcast team ashley valance ladies and gentlemen welcome to nxt tonight will be the rookie's last chance to make a first impression google that google that <laughs> so yeah Ashley, nickname Ashley Vanessa, and her real name is Ashley Ann Vickers. Oh, nice. So after graduating, she had started doing modeling and competed in Miss Florida USA. She worked at NASCAR for a bit, and she also appeared in Maxim. Hmm. So I'm guessing she got this gig because before joining NXT, she was a in-arena host for the Memphis Grizzlies. Nice. So... At that point, she had done a lot of those uh, events that you see during the timeout activities or commercial breaks where they do, you know, those games like. Yeah, yeah you know, man, they had you like shoot a free throw from mm-hmm. like half court and then like they had people come out and do flips and then they'll 
try to rile up the crowd like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she must have been that person yeah yeah so i think they probably had seen her there and decided to you know pick her up here and give her a shot so at the same time she had joined fcw and there she used to be an interviewer and the ring ring announcer for them before becoming the co-host here on this episode hmm. Later on, she uh, ended up becoming the, the ring announcer for Superstars for a bit, but then was uh, quietly released in December of 2010. And yeah, that was the last bit of her wrestling career, I should say. So she was only there for a year? I don't know how long she... I think they picked her up in 2009 for, uh. for FCW. But yeah, for as far as NXT and the main roster, it was just under a year. Hmm. Yeah. A quick push. Yeah. It was kind of interesting because... I just had this where, yeah, they released Savannah earlier this, or later this month in June and then Ashley in the end of December. So it kind of seemed to me that they were trying to kind of flush out all the... I, I don't know if she was part of the Diva search or not, but mm. uh, it seemed like they were now starting to flush out all those people who had remained from the Diva search because, yeah, I believe Savannah also came from that whole diva search contest mm. and uh now that we're going into 2010 they stopped doing that and now i think they were finally kind of picking up more people who had a wrestling background or at least like some type of athletic mm. background yeah 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 because yeah i was thinking about that and i was mm, like hmm, yeah they right. yeah they uh it seemed like they were kind of releasing them and finally making it more of the wrestling era for mm. women and also yeah people who just had more of a uh, athletic background. So this is like the women's revolution before the women's revolution. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh yeah, I kind of looked her up and at the moment she's working for a foster care program called the Selfless Love Foundation. So that's pretty cool. So I'm I'm glad that she's working on stuff that she actually wants to do. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. And shout out to Ashley Valence. Yeah. Valence. Valence. It's like Valencia Orange. Yes. <laughs> That's how I'm going to remember it now. <laughs> Valencia. <laughs> cool. So going back to the show, she recaps the voting rules, saying that the WWE Universe gets 50% of the voting power and that they'll able, they will be able to start voting next week at exactly 10 p.m. So, yeah, she says that the rookies will get an opportunity to impress the the pros right now. And, uh, yeah, they lead right into the first match of the night, which is Alex Riley and The Miz going up against MVP and Percy Watson. Nice. So this is The Miz's first time competing on season two. As I had here, as as, uh, MVP and Watson came out, I totally forgot about MVP's I'm coming theme edit. Oh. <laughs> so that threw me off guard because I heard the, the clock ticking part and then it just, oh, come. <laughs> I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I'm coming. I was expecting it to slowly do that build up and everything mm-hmm. and, and that kind of really threw me out of nowhere. <laughs> I think I got that in my notes for the next episode. Oh, I yeah. I just like, literally look right, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that threw me off. I I totally forgot about that that theme edit, and it was good, but... I know it's really going to win me over because I can't stand Silk Shock. <laughs> it's just that, I'm coming! Yeah, and yeah. then they come out all hyped up. And yeah. I mean, they... I really like this match and like the entrances because mm-hmm. both sets look like legitimate tag teams yeah 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 yeah. They, you know our guys the um south beach prime time they came out with matching outfits mm-hmm. and then just the varsity club they just look like jerks yeah, yeah so yeah. it was perfect no it was good and it was kind of cool how while they were walking down the ramp that mvp was kind of coaching percy on on his entrance too mm-hmm. just telling him to you know relax calm down and everything so really nice really nice touch as we mentioned that they did see more of a pairing and mm-hmm. just like an overall team. And I really liked it. Yeah. The commentators also do a good job of emphasizing that, that Riley wants to start off the match against MVP mm-hmm. to impress, you know, the Miz and the pros. So it was pretty cool. But right after that, then he kind of makes the, uh, I should say Riley kind of makes fun of Percy at that point and calls him out. So MVP tags him out. Both rookies don't really do much physical action to start off the match but i do like how they're working the crowd and they're getting you know 
their respective baby face and heel heat mm-hmm. from the crowd. So, yeah, you can tell that the fans were really invested at that point, even though that they weren't, you know, bumping or anything like that. I think that was the the kind of art of the ring, so to speak, of just mm-hmm. working the crowd. So really, oh, yeah, really well done. That's kind of like if you were going to um, you're going to map out like a five minute match. Mm-hmm. It, that first minute and a half to two minutes, maybe even like three. Yeah. Chain wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no bumping chain wrestling. So you could chain. You could have an entire match scripted out with probably four different like uh, spots. Yeah. So you could do chain for a little bit and then you could run like headlock drop down shoulder tackle and then you could run. Um, what's another good like little little spot that you could run in the ring? I'll think of some later, but you could run probably like a good four spots to have an easy match for for these type of dudes to just remember. Mm-hmm. And be on the lookout for matches to start lock up, headlock, uh, whip, shoulder tackle, drop down. I, Watch out for that. I literally think that's either in the same episode or in the next episode. You're gonna see it for yeah. sure. That it happens all the time. And you know what? I love seeing that because that is the first spot you learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure I I definitely saw that in one of the matches that we had. So yeah, <laughs> I'm a hundred percent sure, man. <laughs> so yeah, they start kind of doing that where they start bouncing each other off the ropes, and then Percy hits probably one of the prettiest drop kicks mm-hmm. I've ever seen. He gets so much airtime, and and Riley also sells it really well. I, it just caught me off guard. You know, it's crazy because those are. Too big, like they're not small dudes. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think no, they're pretty. They're yeah, pretty tall. they're not small at all. Yeah. I think what Watson's like six three, mm-hmm. and A Rai is what six four or so. He's about the same height as the Miz, so and I know the Miz is pretty tall. Yeah, he's kind of up there, so maybe like six one, six two. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're both like beefy dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real, real beef. <laughs> Couple hosses. <laughs> so after tagging out to MVP. Both Percy and MVP kind of hit that infamous hip toss. Hip toss. <laughs> hip toss. <laughs> that was uh, an inside joke from our childhood days <laughs> where uh, mm-hmm. our, our buddy Ryan and uh, <laughs> and us would hit that move on. Yeah, it was the, the falling hip toss. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Back in the... Back in the No Mercy days. Yes. <laughs> greatest wrestling game days ever. <laughs> Uh, I think that's what made that game so good compared to any other wrestling game before is that you can actually do double team tag team moves, you know? Yeah, like you had to time it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so after that, Riley tags out, or tags in the Miz and MVP tags in Percy. Miz takes advantage of the tag transition, which was pretty smart, and runs up and hits per- Percy with a quick suplex. It was so hard that Percy Watson's sunglasses came off. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. I'm surprised they stayed on as long as they did, you know? <laughs> I'm surprised they stay on as long as they do yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah. Man, how you do that? How <laughs> uncomfortable can that be? It must not be that bad if you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Yeah, at this point, the crowd was super behind MVP and Percy. They they even get a MVP chant as uh, as Percy is in the headlock. In the closing sequence, MVP gets the hot tag and attacks Riley on his uh, with his offense, leading up to balling at that point. Both guys tag out to Miz and Percy. Percy keeps the momentum going for his team and hits a nice trademark jumping splash on the Miz for a two count. Mm-hmm. After Riley comes in and breaks up the count, Miz is able to counter Percy and hits the flapjack off the ropes. That spot has been done a lot during the season and also in season one, now that I think about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, from there, he quickly hits the skull crushing finale to pick up the win at 616. So, you know, pretty good match. I, I think they had good chemistry, but overall, a solid match. I, I In my mind, I kind of gave it a three as I was reviewing that match, just because both guys, you know, I should say uh, both teams had good chemistry with each other, but nothing out of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, it it, it was a solid one. Nice warm-up match. Um, I think I'm turning into an MVP fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. Just because I feel like I 
at the time I didn't really pay too much attention to him and I regret it now because the MVP's solid. I think I share the same opinions where where I hadn't seen too much of his in-ring work before since I didn't watch that era of wrestling as much. But yeah, this this season especially is kind of con- converting me into a fan as well. Mm-hmm. So after that, then we go to uh, the broadcast team and they kind of throw it away to my boy, Titus O'Neil <laughs> and his uh, rookie profile video. The You know, just to kind of do a quick recap, it, they kind of recapped his tough childhood and uh, kind of go over his background of being in the greatest tag team in WWE history, Slater Gator, <laughs> because he used to play football for uh, Florida University at that mm, point. Yeah. yeah, just it's kind of cool seeing this because I always consider him a amazing hu- human being now. And even back then, just going with this video package, you can tell how amazing he was back then, too. You know, yeah, he seems like a real good dude. So, uh, uh, hey, did you notice that on one of those news articles they showed, they uh-huh. it made it they made it say Titus O'Neil like that was his real name? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I need to catch that. <laughs> it was like hella crudely, uh, like photoshopped oh. over it. So it just looked out of place. Or I think oh. what they were trying to make it do is it seemed like they were highlighting it. Yeah, but it. His name is not Titus O'Neil. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, wait a minute. Why would that be like that? Oh, you guys are terrible. <laughs> but other than that, solid video package. <laughs> nice. My name is Titus O'Neil. Came from a very troubled background, always fighting, constantly dealing with situations the wrong way. So I went up to the Florida Sheriff's Boys Ranch. It's a youth facility. They have five around the state of Florida and ended up staying there for four years. Had I not, I'd probably be in jail or, or either dead. I have two beautiful boys, and I'm doing my best to try to make sure that they don't go down the same path that I went. What I hope to do is be able to be a great representative of the WWE. I'm in this to be the best. I am WWE's next breakout star. Before going to commercial break, Cole gets into uh, serious mode, starts describing that they... uh, that the Nexus had attacked Mr. McMahon last night on Monday Night Raw. And they said that they would kind of recap it more a little bit later on tonight before going into commercial break. Next matchup we have is Titus O'Neil versus Michael McGillicuddy. They show a pre-recorded backstage promo where McGillicuddy kind of just says that he, or I should say McGillicuddy says that he had called his mama last week after his victory and that he'll never forget that moment in general. So kind of a quick promo. They just, it seemed, it made it seem more babyface than, uh, I remember McGillicuddy being, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just so dry though. Yeah. When he speaks it, at this time in his career, he's very uncharismatic when he spoke. Yeah. So it was really weird, but what he was saying was very touching, but he said it almost very, so dry, but I was like, wait a minute, is this, I feel like I should feel for you, but your tone and your demeanor is almost kind of making me not like you right now. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird because I had always thought that Eli was that kind of split personality character where he would act kind of psychotic, but sometimes he would act very articulate. Mm -hmm. But then McGillicuddy kind of has the same thing where I've noticed in the same thing, too, where in all his pre-recorded stuff, he comes off more as a baby face. But his in-ring live promos come off more heelish. Yeah, it is true. Which is kind of weird, but I just noticed it while listening to that short promo, which, uh, yeah, kind of caught me off guard at that point. So, uh, yeah, after that, then Josh kind of recaps the McGillicuddy name that we had mentioned last week where it was his mom's maiden name. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, after doing some research, I think you were right. (laughs) (laughs) I think it seems like it was kind of just kayfabe storyline character right there just because yeah i looked it up and couldn't find anything on it either and i think yeah he had appeared on a interview before kind of saying the same frustrations where vince just wanted an a strong irish name to be on on the on the roster and so he just went with mcgillicuddy at that point so so i'm gonna I wish I could re- retroactively take away a point, but you know, <laughs> at that point, take that one from the commentary, <laughs> man. But 
It sounded good, so <laughs> I'll still I'll give him that point because it he made it very believable that right. I I fell for it. So yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> no, you lose a point, buddy. <laughs> Spread me your commentary lies again. <laughs> Not falling for it, baby. No, but I'll I'll give you credit now, <laughs> especially doing my due diligence, man. <laughs> Can't be out here spreading fabrications and lies. <laughs> so. Yeah, with this matchup, I think it was kind of the thing you had just mentioned where it started off very fundamental where there was a lot of headlocks and, and clotheslines. And both guys try to kind of do try to do a Samoan drop sequence, but I think they kind of messed up on the timing and it looked more like a modified attitude adjustment mm-hmm. at that point just because he kind of fell off on the side while he was trying to do the Samoan drop. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know... At that point, you can kind of see that either they were frustrated or were just trying to clean up that spot because Titus does try to go for the pin and McGillicuddy just kind of kicks out immediately. They don't even get a one count. So mm. I think they were just kind of trying to um, restructure themselves or kind of go back to the plan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe they were just trying to reset themselves and trying to keep the momentum going. So in the closing sequence, then, yeah, McGillicuddy counters one of titus's splash by putting his knees up and uh yeah from there mcgillicuddy just hits the mcgillicutter for the victory at 206 so yeah not not too much i kind of gave it a lower score here just because it was a short match and it wasn't too much to kind of highlight other than the finish but overall still you know, good good job by both guys you know i think i'm just biased towards the mcgillicutter yeah so uh (laughs) I don't think he could do any wrong anytime I get to see a McGillicutter. So <laughs> we'll see my score on uh, matches later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think now I'm I'm leaning towards that as well. <laughs> telling you, man, that McGillicutter is smooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from there we get, we we cut back to the broadcast team and they kind of recap again the, the voting news and saying that next week at exactly 10 p.m. fans can vote on WWE.com. Then we get a tale of the tape graphic between Eli and Caval. Here they have listed that Caval is five foot eight, 174 pounds, while Eli is seven foot, weighing 313 pounds. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty legit. I know mm-hmm. that Eli is a legit seven footer, so, you know, maybe they kind of stuck by their word here. So we go to commercial break, and once they come back, they, uh, are already mid-entrance, and as a honorable mention, I'll just say that, uh, yeah, I really miss Layla <laughs> because because <laughs> she looked pretty good in that uh, no photos T-shirt that she had on with Michelle. So, <sighs> Layla, <laughs> shout out to to Mrs. Ricky Ortiz. <laughs> uh, I hate Ricky Ortiz even more. I hated him on NXT or not NXT, ECW, and oh, I I hate him man. even more now. <laughs> oh. Luckiest man, I swear. <laughs> Swagger. <laughs> Even uh, Cole says that, yeah, the best part of having Caval here is that we get lay cool. <laughs> so, I do recall him saying that, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Josh does a good job of starting off the match here, kind of recapping the all the David versus Goliath storyline cliches, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Caval kind of starts off the match by fighting off Eli with those head scissor into a mule kick thing that he did last week. There was a nice spot where Caval tries to slide underneath Eli and then Eli really just grabs him <laughs> and kind of counters him and just chucks him to the corner. It, it looked really good and it was a nice sell by Caval. Man, Caval, like all his matches are never anything less than intense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either he's getting thrown around real crazy or he's kicking somebody mm-hmm. like really hard in the face and it's like, man. It's crazy because is is he around the same height as Daniel Bryan or is Daniel Bryan a little bit taller? I well I uh I think Bryan is built taller, mm-hmm. but he's not. Yeah. So they're if they could be lying on both of them because I think what Daniel Bryan's build at five ten, yeah, and I heard he's about five eight. Oh, okay. Um, and if they're saying Caval is five eight, then either he really is just five eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. or he's shorter than that. And I thought he was taller than that too, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. 
kind of how you mentioned that Caval really does everything really intensely. And it's it's crazy how quick he is because I used to think that Brian was one of the quickest guys on the roster. But now going back and looking at Caval's footage, whoo. No, yeah. Caval, low-key, Senshi, whatever his name is, man. Yeah, yeah. That dude is quick and dangerous. And he was, I really really liked him at this time mm-hmm. so that's why i was really interested in this season i was like oh this dude's on there Heck yeah 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 so yeah at that point caval is able to get some offense and does his trademark jump to the middle or yeah jump to the middle rope and kick to the face combo he <laughs> kicked him square in the face he tried to block it this man is seven foot tall yes. <laughs> he got up there and kicked him right in the face oh my goodness yeah it looked amazing and then he followed it up with probably in my opinion yeah the not only the best move of the night but the best move of the season so far where he does a springboard off the top rope and he stomps that fool <laughs> right in his neck i i can't do it justice if if yeah if you are following along with us i would highly suggest to watch that clip just to just to watch that and then once they play the replay later oh man man oh solid offense by the kid caval yeah and Caval sells it really good too. I mean, both guys sell it well when they come crashing down too from there. Because <laughs> at that point, that was the first time that they've been able to kind of get Eli off his mm, feet that's too. Right. So it was it was really cool and a really highlight spot for Caval at that. Yeah, point. that was dope. And the yeah, the crowd popped like crazy as well. So in the uh, in the closing sequence to this match, yeah, we kind of have to maybe use this sound clip or a different run. To do the old goes to the well too often cliche. Because <laughs> that's exactly what happened here. Where Because oh, he tried the springboard thing yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and he got him. And he get him with the... was like that reverse choke slam? Mm-hmm. Re- reverse choke slam face buster, I guess? Yeah, I guess you could call that yeah. choke slam face buster or inverted choke slam. Yeah. <laughs> reverse and, or inverted, something y- like that. Yeah. And yeah, he gets the victory at 242. And... Overall, I liked the match as there wasn't, again, too much to it since it was a short match. But in those two spots or three spots that they had, they kind of stole the show right there. You know? Oh, definitely. That was a solid little. Uh, it was like watching Crank in wrestling. <laughs> like That was the, nice. the, the, the wrestling version of Crank because that match was zero to like 60 really quick. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. He. You know, there's never a shortage of people getting kicked in the face mm-hmm. when Caval's around. And that's insane to me because he finds a way to really kick people in the face every time. Yeah. Maybe that's why people think he was a dick. Yeah, yeah. It's like, bro, you didn't really need to kick <laughs> that high and that hard. He kicked him really hard in the face. He, did. Like, he, he really did. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and he stomped the shit out of him. <laughs> mean looking it's like what you must not go to dinner with anybody afterwards he, he probably doesn't have a riding buddy either. Man, straight up but like i know lake cool ain't riding with him oh but, yeah, yeah. Man, or like maybe they're making him drive while they take naps in the back oh maybe yeah i wouldn't be surprised man so post-match it was kind of creepy that uh, Eli rubbed his hand over Cabal's face after the match <laughs> and uh, it must have been where Morrison didn't see it when he came into the ring to celebrate with him because he he was still all smiles and giggles but... <laughs> yeah man good job wait, wait a minute let's touch his face <laughs> so after that then we get to uh, we go to Lucky Cannon's rookie profile and uh, I I will admit it seemed kind of lackluster after. Well, Josh didn't help it either because he kind of spoiled the the story mm-hmm. last week. My friends and family call me Lucky, mostly because I've had a couple of close calls in my life. In 2004, my life changed. I received a phone call from a friend of mine who was in some trouble. Me and a group of my friends went to go help him out. I was severely injured when I was hit in the back of the head with a lead pipe. I got bay flighted and was in a coma for three weeks. Couldn't remember things. I didn't know what year it was. I didn't know where I was. I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to talk again. Just a lot of rehab to get back on my feet again. I think I learned it through my father. No matter how hard things got, you don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. 
I wasn't going to be stopped. I refused. First thing that went through my mind when I found out I was picked for NXT was extreme excitement. You couldn't stop me from smiling. My biggest asset would be my heart. You just got to bring it every single time. That's what I do. I definitely believe in luck. But luck has nothing to do with me becoming the next WWE breakout star. I was trying to do some research here, but I really couldn't find too much because they kind of left it very vague in this promo because they kind of just said that, uh, yeah, one of his buddies was in trouble, but they didn't specify what had happened. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, all I saw here is that, yeah, he legitly was in a coma and that he lost a ton of weight while he was in that coma and everything. And that he, yeah, he had to learn how to do all these things again. But other than that, there weren't any specific details on the actual incident yeah itself so but i'm glad you know that he was able to come back from all of that and uh start you know doing do what he did yeah yeah shout out to lucky cannon for uh what did he say dodged a couple bullets yeah 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 (laughs) yeah lucky cannon in the house (laughs) i mean he's pretty boring to me but hey Hey, shout out to his story exactly (laughs) yeah same here (laughs) So then we get another graphic update of the uh, main event and the Nexus update. After coming back from commercial break, we get a Lay Cool and Caval promo. They, uh, you know, Lay Cool comes after Caval after his loss, and they were kind of just asking him, you know, are we all on the still? Are we all still on the same page? And Caval says, yes, you know, we're we're all good and and everything. And from there, you know, they tell him that they have a surprise for him (laughs) and they have him close his eyes. And once they kind of reveal what it was, it was a pink shirt that said property of Lay Cool. And the uh, Lay Cool part even had what it wasn't glitter. It was a sequence sequence. Yes, Mm -hmm. that was it. So uh, it's pretty good. It was, I thought it was funny because of Caval's facial expression. I like too. it because he looks like he absolutely hates him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh my god, I hate, I, I, I hate these women. I hate them so much. But it's kind of cool that he's actually playing along with them too. So in in the good spirit of the competition and everything, he's just dry. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. super just dry and baritone. <laughs> Good character work here, and they at least they're kind of showing that the the pros and the rookies do have a, a better relationship yeah. than season one. At that Definitely. Point. So after that, we go to the broadcast team again, and it was kind of a weird transition because then Josh and Cole are still laughing about the whole lay cool segment, but then Stryker is joining them at the table, and he's still looking hella hurt and uh, <laughs> and sad from last week's incident. <laughs> so it was kind of awkward timing, and then uh, they kind of recap the whole Stryker being attacked by Cody last week incident, and Stryker says that you know he wants to keep it professional, and he'll give Cody the benefit of the doubt that. Cody was probably emotional that he was being called out by Mark Henry's challenge last week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he'll try to put it behind him at that point. Mm. So from here, again, they kind of do a raw rebound. And normally we don't cover it. But since this is still with NXT alumni, alumni and our boys, the Nexus. Yeah, they kind of beat the crap out of McMahon here. And I, I totally forgot about this. I did, too. And you know what? I was looking at that like it was elderly abuse. Yeah. <laughs> man, that boy skipped clothesline the hell out of him. <laughs> they they pretty much ran the same spot as the Nexus debut, other than the... Beating uh, the dog shit out of everybody yeah, in the yeah. scene. But they beat the crap out of him. They yeah. had the whole formula down. And then, um, like, Justin Gabriel got up there and did his 450. And this is when I remember really liking Justin Gabriel because mm-hmm. he used to stand up there mm-hmm. lifeless right before he did it. And then he would stand up and he would hold hold his stomach like he, like, 450 on him super hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I love that. Cause yeah. He just, cause, uh, and then they're all starting to wear more darker colors. Mm-hmm. So it this is when they start to really get that cohesion going. Yeah. And, yeah, it was perfect example of what you just said with justin gabriel because it's the perfect example of doing doing uh less without you know as far as not being able to talk on the mic Mm -hmm. and really just letting your body language speak for Mm -hmm. yourself it's like doing uh showing more by doing less Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so yeah it was uh it was pretty interesting and 
once they kind of throw back to the broadcast team, they had said that unfortunately there's still no update on McMahon's condition, but the raw anonymous GM at that point was, uh, was saying that there will be repercussions. And mm-hmm. I totally forgot that this was during the whole anonymous era, you know, I think this is why I really stopped watching. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't get it, man. This is stupid. And then they had, didn't they have a, uh, a hot minute when they were doing like a, a special guest, like general manager every week or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. After that, then, yeah, we go to the main event, which is Cody Rhodes versus Lucky Cannon. They, uh, <laughs> I got excited because they finally showed Jamie Keys on camera for, oh, a, yeah. for a good five seconds, but they still didn't give her a graphic. <laughs> no, but no love for Miss Keys. Even Ashley got one at the beginning of the show. I know, <laughs> man, and she was terrible during this episode. <laughs> so I felt I felt really bad for Jamie, and I'm I'm waiting for her to I am waiting for her to get her props. You know, <laughs> we might be waiting a good while. Yeah. So. <laughs> I I don't doubt it at this point. <laughs> So before the match starts, Cody kind of cuts a promo and uh, tells Lucky that last week he would, you know, be lucky, <laughs> so to speak, to last five minutes in the ring with Cody. And he kind of goes into uh, business for himself where he just makes the five-minute challenge match official. All right, Lucky, we're going to do something a little different here. Last week I said that if you could... I said you'd be lucky if you could last five minutes with me. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a five-minute challenge. Give me five minutes. And I have a feeling, Lucky, that your luck is going to run out before those five minutes do. Hey, man, NXT is all about people just making their own rules. We got Stryker out here doing... I'm surprised he hasn't fired uh, Husky Harris yet. Or Cody Rhodes, by that matter. We know that Stryker is really the mastermind here. Yeah, yeah. That's what, was, that's what I was saying. He didn't even get permission from the secret GM who was yeah, sitting ringside. <laughs> Come on, man. He just said, you know what? We're just going to do this five-minute challenge. Yeah, how do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we start off the match, and then they put the timer on the screen, and I'm guessing on the Titantron as well. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know about you, but to me, this might be, of course, this is more of a perspective and mental thing. But to me, whenever a clock is counting down, especially in wrestling, time for me always seems to go faster as opposed to when it's counting up. But that might just be me. What, what do you think? Because <sighs> to, to me... Whenever I've seen it in all these uh, beat the clock challenges or anywhere else where there is a timer that's visually counting down, to me everything just goes faster. And I don't. You know, know what? what I I think that too. Like when we watched the Royal Rumble, oh yeah. I personally don't believe that it's a minute. No, 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 no. I think it's like thirty seconds. That's what it feels like when you're watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I totally know what you feel. Yeah. Cody kind of dominates the first minute of the match where he's pretty much in control. It's kind of funny. Cole and Josh are kind of arguing with each other and kind of pick sides here. (laughs) Cole is clearly on Cody's side and uh, Josh is more on Lucky's side. And yeah, Cole is kind of getting over a lot of uh, Cody's accomplishments of being a former tag team champion, Mm -hmm. being in the Rhodes family legacy in general. And I believe he even brought up legacy he did yeah 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 the commentators keep arguing throughout this match supporting the the other person there was a spot that looked like cody was trying to hit the vertebraker but he kind of just held him in that position yeah i thought he was gonna do it and i got excited yeah yeah so it kind of threw me off guard because once he just held him there it looked like cody was in pain and (laughs) I, i i just didn't understand what they were kind of going for I it. guess it was supposed to be kind of like a Canadian backbreaker. Or, no, it was, um, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? It was supposed to be a, a, a gory special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he did it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, because I the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking vertebraker. Yeah, yeah. And I was waiting. Yeah. But I think he was trying to do a gory special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, it threw me off, and I, I'm pretty sure... Even the commentators are kind of thrown off because they didn't know how to call it. <laughs> yeah, at that point, then he lucky is able to kind of get out of there. And then I don't know where Cody hits his trademark bouncing off the mid turnbuckle into a spin kick combo. Ooh, the disaster kick. The disaster. That was mm-hmm. it. Yeah, he yeah. kicked him square in the face, too. 
we have, we're two and zero tonight. Two and zero. People get kicked in the face, man. Oh. So Cody after that is super in control because he just kind of just smiles at the camera because he knew he kicked him in the face. Oh man, he sat there for a little bit, realizing like, wow, that's it. You just did not protect yourself, buddy. Yeah, kicked him square in the face. <laughs> And then, yeah, right after that, he just hits crossroads for the victory at 3.58. So, uh, and even Cole makes fun of him. He's like, ah, he still had a minute left. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, after the match, Cody still taunts Stryker (laughs) from the broadcast table. So, you know, that beef is still going on. (laughs) You know, I actually really think it's very funny that he's got this beef with him. Yeah. (laughs) It seems to be very unexplained and out of nowhere. But I like the the consistency of it yeah yeah <laughs> so after that in my head i'm, I'm mentally kind of done but they still have one more thing to go mm-hmm. and it's called the rookies closing arguments so yeah mm. we we go to commercial and once we come back we kind of get one last reminder about the voting yeah we kind of just kick off into these uh arguments where or not arguing uh yeah, I guess closing arguments. They're like, uh, I guess closing arguments are just like little promos that yeah, they yeah. all cut it in. Um, I gave them all scores. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So um, I had here that before before they started that Caval is out there wearing the Lay Cool shirt already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Striker was going to give all of them 45 seconds to impress the pros and the WWE universe. They should pretty much just tell everybody why they're going to become the next breakout superstar. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what did you think of Alex Riley? Um, so I, I liked Alex Riley's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran out of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I did the scoring out of five. Okay. Um, oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. So I gave Riley a four. Nice. And that was only because he went over to time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than, you know, he did a good job at just putting himself over yeah. with his arrogance and uh, really sticking to that, like, varsity villain uh, yeah. gimmick. So I really appreciated how uh, that was almost kind of like an old school promo. He looks like oh, a yeah. dude that's out of the 90s. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I really like him. He looks like a 90s WCW wrestler. Mm-hmm. So he came out there, he did his villain thing. And, you know, he said, what did he say that is really cool? He said, um, I used to uh, like oh, b- yeah, bully yeah. kids in school. And then now I get paid to bully on like nerds or something like that in, yeah, yeah. in, in here. And I was like, oh, that was dope. Yeah, so yeah. I, I like I liked uh, Alex Riley. I gave him a solid four. Yeah, I agree. Because out of all of them, he's definitely sticking to his gimmick the most. So to me, I feel like he's standing out the most from everybody just because he sounds very confident and delivers his promos really well mm-hmm. and staying in character at the same time. Definitely. Cool. So uh, what did you have for Caval? Caval, I gave a two mm-hmm. because he just if he could take some of that same intensity of kicking people in the face <laughs> and just channel it verbally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd been five. Anything he had to say. But it's just that his voice is just so deep and just monotone is whatever he's saying just kind of puts me to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also goes over the time, and it was kind of funny that they kept hitting the buzzer. Yeah. And then after a while, they just ended up cutting his mic at that point. Man, yeah, they gave him the business. <laughs> what about my boy, Titus? <laughs> Five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, he, he just comes out, and he just oozes positivity. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. just like, oh, my God, you're so cool. Yeah. The the crowd was kind of mixed, but he kind of won them over towards the end. Yep, yeah, like yeah. they uh they they I don't know they just like wanted they just wanted to boo him before he said anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once he started talking and you hear what he was saying, yeah. they all changed their minds. It was like, oh, <laughs> it's, you know, this is gonna be a terrible analogy, but it's kind of like when uh you see somebody and or not when you see somebody, but when people see a person and they have and they're walking funny yeah and you laugh at the way that they're walking yeah but then you find out they have a disability yeah, 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 and you yeah, feel yeah. like a dick yeah, yeah so yeah. that's what that was for the crowd it was like oh we're just gonna boo him for no reason you heard what he was saying it was like oh we're all being dicks right now yeah it's i i had a similar scenario when i was watching uh that beat shazam show with with uh my sister and brother-in-law nice where the people who were winning and going into the final round they kind of had more of a arrogant kind of tone to them throughout the whole episode 
But at the end, they kind of explain why they needed the money. And then they, you know, I think they did something similar where they had mentioned a family member needed <laughs> surgery or something. And I'm just like, ah. It's like, oh, you know, man, uh, you're like being a dick all day. And it's like, oh, man, you know, my brother needs a kidney transplant. I need this money for yeah. him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I know the feeling. <laughs> and then uh, what did we think of our boy McGillicuddy here. I gave Michael McGillicuddy a 4.5. Oh, okay. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what <laughs> like what his alignment is right now, yeah. but he stuck to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? He did his thing verbally, and I really liked the way that he put himself over with that. So, whatever. He, he is this season's Darren Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody know, knew what side he was on. It was like sometimes he'd come out and he was a baby face, and other times he'd come out and he was just super like heelish. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting this from McGillicuddy right now. Yeah, so yeah. Four point five for him. Yeah. It was. It's pretty funny though. At the very beginning, he he clowns on Titus right off the bat. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, whoa, <laughs> what are you But Titus even like applauds him too. He's just like, all right, you got me. <laughs> And now we have our big boy, Eli. What'd you think? I gave him a three. It was bland. Mm -hmm. Just three. Yeah. There's everything about him is just like three to me. Like I look, <laughs> I see his look and it's like a three. Like his speaking is like a three and his in-ring skills are like a three. He's just three. Yeah. It was to me, he kind of sounded like a randy orton promo before the whole viper gimmick because he was kind of throwing words words around like you know being the prey and waiting for the right moment to strike and everything mm. so it sounded very predator like you maybe know. he was hearing voices in his head ah did they talk to him and <laughs> I, I don't remember What's it? They, they talk to me they understand yeah they talk to me <laughs> they talk to me now if he now if he and uh, Randy were uh pro Oh yeah, if Randy was his pro, oh. I'd be a hundred percent on Cottonwood. <laughs> what did you have for Percy here? I gave Percy Watson a three because he says the same stuff every time. <laughs> and he talks really fast too. Yeah, man, he's, he's Percy Watson reminds me of a crackhead <laughs> because he's like very fidgety uh -huh. and he's talking really fast all the time. Yeah. But he's like He's kind of dope, and he's. Kinda, I have such mixed feelings about Percy <laughs> Watson because I feel like I should like him and I want to, but yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is to me. I feel kind of the opposite, where it this character feels weird to me going backwards now, just because I was so used to him during his broadcast days mm. on NXT. Then now it, it kind of just shocks me of how. How how much of a different personality he was back then? So. It's like, oh man, that was you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what about Lucky Cannon? Lucky Cannon, I gave it three point five. Just if I'm just listening to what he's saying, it's average. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But since it carries like a, he's so positive. Yeah, yeah I gave yeah. him that extra point five. Just yeah, to, yeah. But I wouldn't say it was like a four or nothing like that. But I'd say three point five because he keeps doing that. I'm lucky. You got to do stuff to be nice, and like, he reminds me of whatever they're trying to do with Ali right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I pretty much have him down as being the most baby face out of the whole eight. You know. Yeah, he's the ultra baby face yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Kinda, yep. Mm -hmm. Kind of how you were saying with McGillicuddy, he's more of a in between, but mm. this guy is a hundred percent baby. Yeah, face. no doubt about it. He's one hundred percent baby face. He's ultra baby face. Who was equally as baby face as he was last season? Uh probably Gabriel. Oh yeah. See, yeah. he's the Gabriel, this the ultra baby face. Yeah. Goody good boy. Yeah. And of course, last but not last but not least, our boy Husky Harris. <laughs> Last but never least. Five. <laughs> Got straight to the point. And like this whole bullying striker thing is making me laugh. It's very entertaining to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of messed up because bullying, but yeah. I mean, striker, he's a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> like, beef up and just handle your business. But I gave him a five. But if I'm going to be honest, it's three. Yeah. <laughs> Husky Harris, step forward. 45 seconds. Tell the world. I don't even need. 45 seconds. All right, thank you. Oh! oh. Look at this. Oh. Husky Harris. Oh, man, with that running senton. Bam. 
<laughs> Clothesline them from the back. back of the head, man. Uh, and then, oh yeah, and then he hit a running senton splash yeah. after, and then he just bounced. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny and sad at the same time where the rookies kind of help him out at the beginning, and then they show the replay, and then yeah. Husky leaves the arena, and then afterwards, all the rookies just kind of leave. Yeah, they the all arena. bounce. <laughs> no one helps them. <laughs> then, the, then they have one of them dudes run out there like, "Hey, man, get us some help." Yeah, yeah. Classic. I felt, I felt so bad because Striker was probably reliving the Nexus attack all over. It's almost again. like, oh my god, they killed Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, they they nailed Striker. <laughs> That's gonna be the reoccurring gag. Hey, if they keep beating him up through the season, that's gonna that's gonna be a new segment. <laughs> oh my god, they they nailed Striker. <laughs> and yeah, with that, that closes the episode. So uh, I'll get right into my fun facts. It was interesting because I don't know how they get away with the the length of these NXT episodes, especially on TV, where on average. All these episodes have been roughly 44 to 47 minutes. But now we have a new record for the longest episode of NXT so far at 50 minutes and 57 seconds. So, yeah, I don't know how they do it where they were able to get an extra three minutes than they normally do. But they did it with this episode. Mm. Maybe it's something that they could uh, like negotiate with the network. It's like, hey, I think we're going to need a little bit more time yeah, on this yeah. episode. Or like, uh, I mean, it's not live, right? It is, I think, because like when it when it used to come on TV, was it live? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, uh, I think it was because it was after the SmackDown tapings uh, and then it went into the, the last hour. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And then it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. OK, because yeah, yeah. I was thinking like maybe it's just the way that they edit it. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, and then, yeah, the Miz gets his first victory on NXT with this uh, <laughs> with this win tonight. Hey, man, he came to play. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we get a new NXT co-host with Ashley. So, yeah, a <laughs> couple, couple of new things that happened in this episode. It's and, milestones there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'll just go into my scoring for this episode. Mm-hmm. With the commentary, well, I should say this episode overall to me felt kind of average. So I'll just kind of go to it pretty quickly so the commentary i I gave it three just because i think they did a good job but again it felt kind of average and there was a lot of i I understand that they're trying to get more of the the playful factor with with cole and uh josh arguing with each other but some points it it just didn't make sense on why they were just like randomly arguing yeah it was a little overkill yeah like yeah so i'll just give them a three just to kind of balance it out i gave it was kind of weird because they had more matches but i still kind of gave it a two overall Mm. Uh, so other than the the highlight that we mentioned already with caval Mm -hmm. i think that was the only thing that really stood out where the rest of the matches just kind of seemed very fundamental to me nothing was wrong with them but nothing really stood out either other than that Mm. that match so yeah for production, same thing. Nothing other than the video packages and uh, kind of the raw rebounds and everything. It was somewhat average, so I still gave him a three. And yeah, entertainment wise, I don't know if I really like the pacing of it. Maybe mm. what? Maybe it was the extra five minutes. That <laughs> this, ah, it was so long. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it it did kind of just drag on because I was ready to call it a call it a day after the the last match mm. and once they went into these uh final arguments the pacing of it just kind of felt off to me at that mm, point nice yeah so i think this might be the only episode or the first episode that i've scored higher than you oh okay because uh outside of the commentary because i went two for that i originally went three mm-hmm. but then you reminded me of their lies yeah. and the fabrications <laughs> yeah so we had to pull that one back to two uh-huh. nothing uh you know noteworthy there yeah matches i went or just because uh the the action was pretty uh it was pretty like upbeat in this mm. in this episode and there was not a shortage of people getting kicked in the face yes <laughs> so that kind of pushed it over the top for me um production i thought was just average yeah, yeah. A, just a three yeah and then i also gave the commentary a two because i didn't really like the ashley girl that much or mm. she was fumbling around so, so yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. i was like kind of her first thing but yeah 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 
We're being tough out here, man. Yeah, yeah. You can't just drop new people on me like that and expect me to be nice. <laughs> exactly. I didn't even know who she was. Yeah. Well, you ain't even get the other girl no props yet. Yeah, yeah. We really don't know her name yet, even though we do. <laughs> and uh, entertainment, I went four, just because I felt like I was oddly entertained by this oh, episode. Okay. So th- that was a, a almost pretty solid one for me. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I think that's the good part about as we go along with these episodes that we'll... Um, We'll definitely kind of try to base it off of what we're just watching. Mm. But we do kind of have to compare it to stuff that we've seen before with season one. But also just making sure that we balance it out in a way that we kind of enjoy the show naturally. So Mm -hmm. it's good that we have some of these uh, different opinions from from episode to episode. Yeah, because it's... um... It makes it cool for us to give us something to almost base it off of. Because then you know... You know, you get a, a sense of what they're capable of. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, I know you're better than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, wow, I, you know, in other episodes, you weren't as good as this. So it it's not necessarily the benchmark that we're going by for a criteria for every episode, but it's, it's always nice to have that in the back of your head. Yeah, I think it's more of that. I don't want to call it tough love because that just sounds too negative. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I forget who, who had said it. I think it was... Uh, some obviously I, it's probably from some some podcast that I listened to, but one of the one of the boys had said that they never flat out say that when they watch a bad match, they never say that it was the worst match they've ever seen because they understand all the work that they need, you know, as a professional wrestler mm-hmm. that you need to do in the ring. You may have not enjoyed the match or didn't find it that satisfying. But you never really talk negative negatively about a match. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way, not only for the wrestlers, but the same thing for production and everyone else. Because, yeah, we kind of have a background in that in saying that we respect all the work that they do. But we do kind of want to make sure that they push themselves to to their capacity and their, you know, their potential. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I feel that's probably how most wrestling fans view the WWE. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it comes out as complaining, mm-hmm. but it's only because you know or you think you know that they can do better because there's there's an image in your head of what the greatest times were and yeah, you want yeah, them yeah. to get back to that. Yeah. But I just really want people to to go back and really rewatch some of that attitude era stuff mm-hmm. and think about is it really as good as you remembered yeah or does it hold up because i think some of the stuff that we're seeing now is gonna hold up 10 years later like i'm pretty sure i'll gladly want to watch tyler Bate versus you know um pete dunn Mm -hmm. for for that title or you know even i'd be excited to watch just some regular like Seamus and Cesaro matches or something like that yeah. now where yeah. whereas like I can't I can't honestly think of too many attitude era matches that I'm like oh my god I can't you know I I remember this one I'd want to go back and watch it yeah because because even now with just the episode that we saw before with Caval versus Alex Riley I would go back and watch this 10 years from now too just yeah like that that match was dope like I could think of what WCW specific matches mm-hmm. that I liked but there's something about the the WWF at the time that I just really yeah. can't think of those matches because I think what what they did that get the, that got them over was the moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a, the big differences there, and I can think of ECW matches that mm-hmm. I just remember. I'm like, oh man, god, that match was dope. So yeah, it's just yeah. different. Exactly. Cool. So with that, we'll get into our combined score. So with this episode, we gave it a. The three, huh? It, it kind of balanced out, so it did. It, you know, it really was just an average episode. Mm-hmm. It, it, for the stuff that was lackluster and the stuff that was really good, those stuff, those things that were really good, were only say somebody getting kicked in the mouth. Yeah, that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it probably, probably won't. Now that they know. It's like all right. You guys are really uh, taking heads <laughs> off today. Maybe Cody saw Caval kicking people. It was like, Pfft. all right, I, I see you play, boy. I'll raise you one later. <laughs> and they're having like a face kick contest. So, <laughs> but outside of those, this is like your the whole episode was your standard affair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it's not a bad thing, but yeah. 
it's just an episode yeah so hey <laughs> let's see what the next one has to bring to us exactly and speaking of which <laughs> what good transition <laughs> We, uh, yeah, for the next episode, it's, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, of course, but I will say it is a very surprising episode that I would highly recommend to check out. And the main event for that match is the first as well, where it's the first three-person tag match in NXT history, which is Caval, Lucky Cannon, and Michael McGillicuddy versus Alex Riley. Eli Cottonwood and my boy Titus O'Neil. So, yeah, should be an interesting match. And uh, yeah, you should definitely check out that episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with that, yeah, we are uh, we are done with episode 18. Uh, quick reminder, if uh, yeah, if you've made it this far into the episode, feel free to follow us if you haven't followed us already. If you want to check out some of our extra content that we kind of upload from time to time, we do upload some bonus content on our YouTube. We do some reviews, some retrospectives, some current reviews uh, with the modern era NXT as well. So if you want to get some of our feedback on the current product, make sure to check us out on YouTube as well. And uh, yeah, that does it for me. Did you uh, did you have any plugs this week? I do not. I'm looking for one, I, but I do not. I thought I had one, but I'll just uh, I'll just give another shout out to our uh, Google Podcast link. So if you are more of an Android listener, we are also on Google Podcast. So we got love for everybody and all your decisions that you want to make regarding wherever you want to view and or listen to us. He sounded like a McGillicuddy promo there. <laughs> hey, man. You know, runs in the family. You know, Larry the Axe over here. I know. You know, so, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, and check us out later. Gah!